0: Hey, what's up guys? This is your girl Sasha.
1: Hey, this is Joe and welcome to the Unveiling Her podcast. Happy Women's History Month. Yes. Did you know that it was Women's History Month?
0: You know, honestly, I didn't know um till I think on Wednesday, someone was like, you know, it's women's history month. And I was like, I feel like there's a month for everything now. But right. I know, right? It just feels like we just keep just jumping into new months. But I'm not mad at it because women are amazing, okay? Yes. Everyone on earth was birthed through a woman. So mm. shout out to every woman out there, regardless of what you do for work or whatever you are. Shout out to you. We see you. We appreciate you. And you are amazing.
1: Yes. I was about to do like a Beyonce. Oh, my ladies, if you hear me, let me singing. it <laughs> You know
0: girl that
1: um Ooh, me myself and I. me
0: myself and i that hit different when you uh just
1: okay <laughs> yes but we celebrate all the ladies <laughs> i don't hey, know why these songs are coming in my head Wait, is
0: there a, is there a is there a um a men's month
1: no they don't get it <laughs> no i'm just kidding I, I don't know i've
0: i haven't I, heard of it i mean either. i've never heard of it um yeah but you know if you're a guy too we still we we celebrate you too we celebrate all god's creations because we are all fearfully and wonderfully made but you know this month just extra emphasis on the ladies okay
1: (laughs) okay so do you watch married at first sight
0: i've watched a couple episodes not not all of them but a couple
1: This season. So at first, I used to really like the show, but now I'm like onto it. So this season is pretty good. And speaking of women's Women's Month or what have you, there's this guy on here that I did like. His name is Elijah One. And if you've watched Married at First Sight, then you already know what I'm talking about.
0: Okay, yeah, I know where you're going because I've seen this clip.
1: Yes, with Elijah One. First of all, that's a hard name to say. Hey, hey,
0: hold up, pause because that is. (laughs) that is a Nigerian name or African name. I don't know if he's, I wouldn't want to believe he is because that's his name, but you know, he might not be, but yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's a really cool name. It's still hard to say. Um, And I get that all the time. Like my name is hard to say. I get called Janique, Joniqua, all that. So it's, it's okay. I get it. It's very unique. But anyway, so at first I used to like him, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Now I'm
1: not really on his side because he has this beautiful woman named Katina. I think that's her name.
0: Yeah.
1: And she kind of, she you know used to remind me of my old self you know <laughs> back in like college or what have you like she's very like she was single and like she was just you know used to cooking for herself et cetera. Et cetera. and this guy like his just like ego is just coming out of like i don't know his views on marriage but he's like to me it's kind of controlling so if you haven't seen the the clip or whatever go watch it like he's so like upset that she can't cook first of all he thinks that a wife's um title pretty much is to cook and to just please her husband and etc etc it's very like old time you know way of marriage and it's just so many gender roles that it's just kind of like oh like dude come on now we are in 2022 a wife doesn't have to just cook listen and he just the way he puts her down is just it bothers me it really does and poor katina she just she just she just let him control her so what do you feel about it with the clip that you did see
0: well like i said i haven't been watching it like that or following up so greatly so i don't know the backstory but with the clip that i did see um i think he was just communicating to her that like well backstory they were at a restaurant he was really enjoying the food and he made the comment like OK, is it possible for me to get this at home? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led into them having a conversation about what their expectations were. And it was very clear from the way he communicated that one of his expectations was for his wife or for his lady or woman. He does expect them to be able to cook. It just seems like that. I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I, I haven't you been. to watch the whole
1: thing, Frank, because he <laughs> started going in making the little girl cry.
0: Yes. But like it was his delivery. I feel like more than anything, like he, he just came off really harsh. Because I do feel like if that's your expectation and if you've discussed that in the past and you know she's been she's okay with that. She like said, okay, if that's your expectation, I'm good with it. Then I don't know. Like I feel like communication is important. But he just came off so harsh. I felt really bad for her. She definitely was crying at the end um I don't know if it's giving me control control vibes because like I said I don't watch the show so I don't really know his personality I can't just like go off one clip and be like this is how he is but yeah it was a really it was hard to watch and I don't know like let's talk about gender roles like I do feel like for a lot of men their um idea of what a wife is is you know more traditional in the sense that they expect their wives to be able to cook, to be able to clean, mm-hmm. to um, nurture and to take care of the kids. Some even expect their wives just to just stay at home and not right. like, go out to work. So yeah, I don't know. Like, let's talk about these gender roles. But on the flip side, you have to understand that as much as they're men that desire that, there are also women who think that that's what their role is and are okay with just, you know, being at home, raising their kids, cooking and cleaning and having the man go out and be the provider and make the money. So personally, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong if that's your idea of a wife or that's your idea of a husband. I just think that you just need to communicate your expectations in such a way that is respectful and in such a way that you know your partner will receive it well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think what I've learned with gender roles that – we kind of got to get a, get away with them. Like We got to move past them. And the reason why I say that is because I've heard someone um, say it and they were saying like, okay, if like a wife is supposed to cook, but what if that's not what she's called to or passionate about? Like maybe the man is. And we can get so caught up into, oh, the woman has to cook. Oh, the man has to pay all the bills, all of that. And, and truly like miss exactly what God wants us to receive or whatever because we're so focused on those gender roles and a lot of times gender roles come from what culture it comes from uh maybe you've seen your parents Mm -hmm. or or people your aunt uncle you've seen them do that and so you just feel like in your mind that's the way it should be and it's not true and so it really can cause even damage like we've seen on that clip To people who may not was raised like that, like maybe she wasn't raised in a home where her mom cooked, or you know maybe she didn't see that. But I just feel like when you're when people like focus so much on that, it can ruin something beautiful.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. And I think it's like I said, I think it should be more like just more about communicating. What are your expectations in this relationship or in this marriage? Like what are, and and really just have that conversation. And once you have that conversation, you have to be willing to say like, okay, with what I've heard this person say on on what they expect me to do as their wife, can I give that to them, you know? And if you can't, then I just think, just keep it pushing. You know, there, there are many other people out there that are willing to um, meet you halfway, or there are many other people who may see things differently. But if you, I don't know, like for me personally, like I probably couldn't be with a man that, expected a woman to you know stay at home raise the kids mm-hmm. cook all the time expect you know expecting a meal all every time he gets home and expecting me to clean all the time nah maybe I gotta go to work like
1: so you gotta I, clean this house
0: too yeah like I'm you know I'm busting my butt right now <laughs> trying to get this degree so I can you know work right and also be of financial support to my household and so i'm you can't expect me to always have a meal ready for you if i'm out grinding just as much as you are so like i said that's why it's so important to just have the conversation early on in the relationship and just so you know just so we can see like okay is this are we compatible in this way like are we going to based on what my expectation is based on what your expectation is can we work together are we able to compromise and meet each other halfway if not keep it rolling keep it pushing I think that's just me, but, um, mm-hmm, fine, I and agree. I don't want to hear, you know, like if you are, if you a guy out there and you're like, I don't want to hear nothing about modern women, because that's a whole nother issue. Like people keep talking about like the difference between a traditional woman and a modern woman and this whole talk of what do women bring to the table? Like it needs to be stopped. Okay. I personally feel like that bothers me so much when a man says, or ask a woman, like, what do you bring to the table? It's so condescending to me to ask somebody that it's almost kind of like equating their value to whatever they say. You know what I mean? Like saying like, okay, she's able to cook, she's able to clean. She can, you know, she looks good. She's, you know, her weight is this, you're pretty much measuring her up and like saying that these are all the things that make her valuable. And so saying that asking a woman that like if you ask me that on a date just know I'm never going on another date with you because it's Mm -hmm. such a condescending thing I think what's better to ask is like hey what are your expectations um out of your relationship out of a relationship and what do you like just what are your expectations that's just a better way to converse what you know you're looking for in a partner as well as hear out what they're looking for instead of what do you bring to the table what what does your mom bring to the table how about that i
1: am the table (laughs) you know like that tiktok oh
0: yeah
1: i've seen that (laughs) i'm the table no yeah it's it's crazy out here but um yeah we're we're, we got to do better y'all we have to do better
0: yes especially us as as, like african-americans because it's so clear that there is a it feels like there's a divide right now between men and women and it shouldn't be so Mm. and it it just is so disheartening because like i feel like there's no other culture or race that, that there's so much tension between their females and their males. Like, I don't see Asians out here dissing their women, you know, Asian men dissing their women or vice versa, Asian women dissing their men. Like, I don't see other cultures do that. And I've just been I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that why is there so much like discord between us um, within our African-American community between women and men it just stems from like misunderstanding and I think it all just it goes from like, poor communication like we're just not yeah. communicating well at the moment and we're not communicating with respect or love towards one another so
1: mm-hmm. that's a whole nother talk for a whole whole another talk yeah. Um, but yeah that that kind of Gave me a, l- a little perspective on just how people still think today. So, um, yeah, go check out Married at First Sight. New season if you haven't. But, yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about as far as gender roles. And just, you know, in light of a Women's History Month, we have to make sure that we are honoring each other. Even, you know, as women honoring each other and respecting each other. And just we wanted to talk to the day about something that is is very big um especially with women and um a lot of women don't talk about this so i can't wait to talk about what we're gonna talk about today you know we're gonna be hot <laughs> i like <saying> that <laughs> open <laughs> honest okay. and transparent oh honest honest <laughs> open
0: and transparent hot
1: <laughs> we coming in hot hey okay. you should play the music yes um i'm really
0: excited to talk about what we are um going to be discussing today as well, because I think this is something that gets left out of church conversations a lot, and yet yeah, a lot of people are struggling or dealing with it, so this is really like us being open and just being vulnerable, and yeah, I'm just I'm excited for what God is even just going to do through this discussion, and we always say like the purpose of this platform, the purpose of our conversations is to really point ourselves as well as you guys back to the Lord and so you know he is always our guest of honor like God is our guest of honor during these discussions and so we just want to invite his presence here with us and yeah let's
1: let's dive in let's do this (laughs) do this (laughs) um no but first when you were talking um just now like about like even the whole women and when we're talking about gender roles and stuff like that and I just thought about what that type of stuff can do to us emotionally. I feel like women were very emotional creatures. Mm-hmm. Like God wired us that way. He created us that way, which is great, but we're very emotional. And so just thinking of even past experiences where you feel like that expectation of a certain way or how to behave in a certain way or what a wife looks like or whatever, how I can bring so much. It can, it, it really does make you feel like devalued in a way like, okay, Maybe I'm not doing enough or maybe I'm not, you know, set up to to fulfill this position or what have you. And it just made me think about, like, why intimacy with God first is so important, because first, if I have my value in the Lord, if I know who I am in Christ and I see myself as Christ's bride, then I realize that I am already enough. Like, you know, like I'm already fulfilled. I I have everything that I need to be able to fulfill certain roles. So I don't know. I just thought about that. Like if we don't know who we are really in Christ, how certain things or certain perspectives or people's, you know, expectations or opinions can really lead us or control us in a way that kind of breaks us. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about intimacy with God, but also when you kind of lose that intimacy, you kind of try to find it in other places. Mm hmm. And one of those places lead to certain things like masturbation, pornography, sex outside of marriage. And so today we are going to dive deep, especially into talking about masturbation. Now this is a hard topic um, for a lot of people. Like some people probably like like what what is that? Or some people are like cringing. Like honestly, when I hear the word masturbation, I cringe. Yeah. It's, doesn't it sound nasty or is it just <laughs> who
0: me? made that word who? <laughs> <laughs> I know like who who did that
1: no but yeah um so we're gonna talk about that today and um yeah it's gonna be good
0: yeah so good um yeah when you brought up intimacy I was like yeah that's it right there because everything starts from a place of intimacy and mm-hmm. um you know, we love to define things on here. So a, this episode will be no different. But <laughs> while I was looking it up on line, um, it defines intimacy as close familiarity or friendship. It's like mm-hmm. a state of closeness. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, especially for a lot of us who are believers, or, you know, and or have been saved for a while, I think that we can get confused with our intimacy with God in the sense that, well, like, yeah, I read my, my Bible, I pray, you know, I talk about God to others um, or whatnot and think you're intimate with God. And I feel like the Lord really revealed to me that you can pray, you can read your Bible all the time, but never really be intimate with me because what is intimacy? It's a, it's a state of closeness. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing about like having like a roommate. I can see my roommate every day. I can talk to them Mm -hmm. every day, but not actually grow close to them. And so I really feel like the Lord was telling me like it, it. at the end of the day, it's about intimacy and it's just about being deeply known. I feel like, you know, the people that I'm intimate with or that I'm really close with, they know me deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be deeply known is to be seen, to be recognized, to be accepted and to be validated. And I feel like once we understand um, the intimacy that we have with God and knowing the way that he sees us and our identity, it helps us to turn away from validation from the world turn away from like valid seeking validation from men or people or just other things apart from God so it's just about being deeply known and I believe that on the in the hearts of every man we all have this similar desire to be to be accepted to be known um, and to be seen
1: hmm Amen. Yes. Um, And I think it's important to know, like, because when you when you think about the word intimacy, like when we hear it all the time, like sometimes our mind can go to sex. Um, cause you know, you think about like someone saying, oh, I was intimate with that person or what have you, but, and I mean, that is a second definition as well. But the one that we're talking about as far as with Christ is that closeness, that friendship. And I think too, even in the Bible, it talks about how like God gives us time. Like our time is not like his because he wants people to, you know, draw near to him. He wants people to be able to come close to him. Um, and so as this time, as the Lord is, you know, revealing himself and he's he's here with us, it is important for us to receive that and do what we need to do. And I like how you said, Sasha, like that I can have a roommate, you know, and I can see this person. I can I can, you know, live with this person, but I'm not exactly they're not like in my inner circle. Like I'm not really intimate with them, you know, and that's how sometimes we think with God too like we can have this schedule. I remember in college, like I would have this schedule, wake up at five, you know, and spend time with God and then go about my day and it can just become a, a routine type of mm-hmm. thing yeah, where yeah. you're just you're just swallowing routine. Go to church on Sunday, go throughout the week, I'll say a prayer in the morning. But it's like you're missing something. And you start to feel that emptiness too. You know, like you kinda feel like, dang, I know I'm doing this, but I kinda feel disconnected. And so that's when you have to stop yourself and seeing like, am I really drawing near to God, like just in his presence? Maybe sometimes I don't need to say anything. Maybe I just need to, you know, bask in his presence and really, you know, draw near to him in that in that way. And so that I can have that closeness with him and just like in, in relationships like we want um a friendship like we would say like oh in, in my next relationship i want us to be friends or what have you same thing with god like you know jesus is our he's our friend you know and so um even in, in the bible he told his disciples i don't i no longer call you uh, servants but i call you friends so it's like he wants that that closeness he wants that friendship as well with us and so i think that's important for us to realize just because you know you are you say a prayer every day or you have this routine, you still have to go deeper with God. You know, it's all about going deeper.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's all about depth at the end of the day. And um, you brought up really good points, even like when you talked about, you know, intimacy. I'm not really going to go in, into detail about this. Maybe in another episode, we can talk more about it. But there are different types of intimacy. There is like physical intimacy, which most people are more familiar with, like sex and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's emotional intimacy, like where you you share you know, feelings and deep thoughts with others um, and you can grow in emotional intimacy with them. There's also um, intellectual intimacy, spiritual intimacy. So there are different types of intimacy out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're so right. I think when most people just think intimacy, the first thought that comes to mind is is sex mm-hmm. and um yeah, so let's let's talk about sex in terms of like culture, like what does culture say about sex
1: mm-hmm. um, so I heard. <laughs> My, 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 guy, Pastor Darius, Darius Daniels, he said this, he said, God creates and the enemy clones. And so I thought about how God created sex, right? And so how the enemy will try to clone or use sex to make it the opposite of the way that God intended it for it to be. And so sex nowadays, let's just keep it real. Sex is nowadays is just perverted. It's everywhere. First of all, it's on social media. It's on TV. It's in books. It's just on billboards like literally everywhere like I'm a little nervous my kids are gonna be like when I have kids they're gonna be like little nuns no I'm just kidding but um I'm a black them for everything no but it really is a scary time like even having like younger siblings or even you know watching over like younger kids being a teacher whatever it's just like you want to make sure that you're guarding even the younger generation because it's like oh my gosh it's literally everywhere and it's just it's crazy but anyways Yes, sex is definitely something that God has created. I feel like we need to be reminded of that um, between a man and and a woman and husband and wife. And um, first of all, sex, what I realized, uh, my pastor says, he says that sex is a covenant. So I even heard it today um, from Pastor Robert Madu. He said sex, um, it's a covenant, but you can be in covenant with somebody who you're not even married to. And that's the crazy thing. Like it's so spiritual. Like if, if God created sex to be a covenant between a husband and wife, but yet you're not married to so now you're in covenant with someone else that just brings up so many soul ties, but another topic, another day. Um. So yes, it is um definitely something that our culture just glorifies in a sense. And masturbation is one thing that, people glorify nowadays, um, when it comes to sex.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I think about sex, I think about so much, but it always baffles me how we don't really talk about it in the church very often. Mm-hmm. Cause quite frankly, I'm thinking about when or how I learned about sex and I didn't get the birds and the bees talk, maybe for y'all that, you know, got, know. <laughs> got it from your parents. You know, depending on what they told you, like kudos to you. But I didn't learn about sex at church. I didn't learn about sex from my home. I learned about sex through my peers and actually through my textbooks. Funny enough, um, and in school. So I feel like it's so important for us to have this conversation about sex and for us to talk about sex from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because if not, people are going to get it from the world, and we know that the world, just like you said, like it's perverse. The work it. it's confused like the way that the enemy has this is his territory you know we are on the fallen side of of this earth and it's fallen and so this is the the enemy's territory and he has taken Mm -hmm. something taken God's good and pure original design and distorted it he's confused it reversed it and so when we seek to learn about sex through the world through the eyes of the world like we don't get to learn about it's pure form, it's original form. So it's important that we're having this conversation. It's important for us to have this conversation at church. You know, when you talked about like, what am I gonna do with my kids? Like, no, for real though. I think what we we need to do is we need to talk to them about it, but from a biblical perspective, because Mm -hmm. even you can block, you can do all the things in the world. Somehow, some way, somebody's gonna give them the information With with the way that it's so easy to access things these days, it's crazy. Um, But yeah, I love the point that you talked about how sex is it teaches us about God's covenant love like sex is really that thing that causes us to be vulnerable like it's one of the states of man that I feel like I'm completely vulnerable with someone you know they're seeing me for for me like they're seeing everything about me, and it's such a vulnerable place. And so that's why I personally believe there's no such thing as casual sex. The world tells us like, yeah, you can have casual sex, you know, hit it, hit it and dump or hit it and run. I don't know what they say, y'all. Hit it and quit (laughs) it. Hit it and quit it. (laughs) But I actually don't believe that. I feel like I believe that, you know, sex has um it has a spiritual and relational significance. I believe that it starts in the Bible where God talks about, you know, for this reason, a man should leave his mother his father and his mother and become one flesh with his wife so at the end of the day it's about intimacy it's about becoming one with someone and sex kind of signifies all of that and it becomes a metaphor of god's covenant love towards us how when we give our life to christ we become one with him he is one with us so it's the same thing it's this idea of oneness it's this idea of unity and it's for our own good that is confined to um it's confined to marriage and when we and when we um utilize I don't say utilize but when we utilize sex in its original form in the way that God has designed it it actually brings glory to God it's a form of worship actually Mm -hmm. when we do it um in the confinement of marriage as God has has defined so it's also and it's and it's a way to deeply know somebody like I was thinking about how in Genesis when um God created Eve presented her to Adam and Adam gives that, you know, poem bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about how Adam went on to deeply know his wife. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? They has eggs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way of like deeply knowing somebody. It's a way of being vulnerable. It's a way of sharing intimacy. And I think that for a lot of us, especially women, because emotions are definitely into it. I know like men, you know, we're going to talk about them at another at a later time because they're wired different than us as women because everything is so emotional for us as women but when we um when we have sex there's there's an emotional aspect that gets involved and so it's important for us to to guard our hearts it's important for us not to look to the world or not to look to culture about what culture says about sex and it's more than just about self pleasure and it's more and it's definitely more than just keeping myself Till like pure till marriage because God's design for sex is deeper than that it's, it has so much more significance
1: mm-hmm. okay first of all uh two things one what is the birds and the bee talk
0: how do I know I never got the birds and the bees. I know I'm like
1: just I'm asking the people because I don't know like people say all the time like the birds and the bee but what happened with the birds and the bee like what they do like I who legit
0: do? like why birds and bees who came up with that
1: like, they don't even do they even interact in the real world? Like, I legit, I just want to hear the, the
0: talk. Don't, I don't even know. Oh, they know. give them the
1: pollen? No way. Don't,
0: I don't. Yeah, I was like, don't bees reproduce through pollination? I don't, you see, look, listen, it's been a minute. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> like, I legit want, like, somebody, somebody daddy or somebody mama, whoever, like, just tell me the talk, please, because I just want to hear it. Mm. And then, too, so you talked about um self pleasure. And that kind of goes into uh, what we really wanted to talk about um, as far as masturbation, because this is a topic that I've realized is now definitely kind of like what we talked about, how society, the world sees sex is very perverted. I feel like masturbation is something that is being glorified nowadays, like we hear it even amongst Christians, like um, that it's okay. It's just you being one with your body. And so. First of all, do you believe that masturbation is a sin?
0: Yes, I do. Um, And I definitely agree. Like, I think that there's so much ambiguity related to masturbation, especially like even from just a Christian perspective, because the Bible never like specifically (laughs) mentions it. It doesn't. And so I know like for me, like I'm just going to talk about my experience, um, with, with lust, with masturbation is I, I started with masturbation as a kid. And, you know, I was thinking back to it the other day and I was like, nobody taught me how to do this. I don't remember mm-hmm. watching it anywhere, but, you know, I just figured it out. And the truth of the matter is a lot of children actually start masturbating young they just it's because you know they're exploring their bodies it's the way that they get to learn about the the world and they just kind of figure it out and they find that it's pleasurable so a lot of them will keep doing it Um, a lot of them will do it as a form as a way to self-soothe so yeah even as a nurse um, I remember learning about this because I I did work with children and I remember learning about this and we're actually told we're you know they encourage us to tell them like that it's okay to do it but not to do it in public
1: Mm. so
0: I think that's just even interesting in itself but I remember for me as a kid like I started young and I I always kind of knew at the back of my mind that it wasn't right because Mm. you know it was dealing with a private area of mine and so I never did it publicly or anything like that but it's something that you know has followed me for years
1: Four years,
0: and I remember during a, like during my teenage years, I was like, "Yeah, this is not bad. Like, I'm not out here having sex. Like, you know, I'm still. I felt like I'm still within within God's within within what God expects of me, right? right? I'm not having premarital sex. I'm just, you know, I'm just masturbating, yeah. and. Along with that came porn before I knew it. And then lustful, lustful thoughts, fascinations, um, sexual, fa- sex, sexual fascinations and things like that. And so it it's definitely been like a journey for me. It's definitely been a walk. And yeah, I definitely believe it's wrong. But like I said, for a long time, I I dibbled and dabbled with it. I was like, is it wrong? The Bible never really talks about it. So it must not be that bad if the Bible never brings it up. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. It def- But it definitely is wrong. It definitely is wrong. And I feel like it took it's taken time for the Holy Spirit, not taken time because, yes, I definitely believe that. But um, during my teenage years, it took me I feel like it's not until I got to college that I really was like solid in the fact that, yes, this is wrong. And I need to I need to be making the steps to turn away from this. And that in itself has been a process. But definitely, like, yeah. it's wrong.
1: Yeah, I 1000 for per- percent agree that um it is definitely a sin and um yes like you said the bible doesn't have s- specific scriptures on it but I do have some scriptures I want to like share in a second but um yes I even agree with you on um you know having that on you like masturbating I that's something that I also dealt with as well and so I'm actually the opposite like in a little bit like I I always felt like it was wrong. I always knew it was wrong, and I honestly feel like God convicts us even as kids. And let me just say, even when we think about children or whatever, I just, I just think it's so crazy how Satan will try to attack kids while they're young. And so I'm just thank God that He saved, you know, us, and you know He always has given us conviction and wisdom. And that just shows me, like, yes, He, He was calling us even at a young age. But anyways, um, that's something I always felt like it was wrong, but yet I was always falling into. So I was actually exposed to pornography first. Um, and then that led me to start masturbating um, at a young age, probably like eight or nine years old. And so um, I was exposed to that. And it led me to start, you know, masturbating, exploring my body. And like you said, it led up into adulthood, honestly, um, just off and on. This is something that I dealt with that I honestly was like, it, it kind of felt like Paul, you know, like when he was like, there's a thorn in yes. my flesh. It felt like that. And like people have so many theories on what Paul was talking about. But I just felt like that. It was like something that was always there. And now as I'm getting older and just God is opening up my eyes, I'm seeing that, you know, the enemy may have tried to use this to stop me from doing whatever God is calling me to do or just try to attack my identity or whatever. I feel like it's identity thing too like because you feel so shameful and guilty and it's like if you continue to stay in that place your identity will start conforming into those those negative thinking patterns but anyways that's something that i felt like was always like a, a thorn and like god like i would pray this um try to pray this thing away like god please you know remove this desire from my heart all of that but at the end of the day what i've learned is that one, god did place sexual desires in our hearts like he did our bodies were created you know for sex so he did place those sexual desires for a reason because you know we were called to be fruitful and multiply so our body will want that our hormones especially women we have ovulation periods and whatever so our, our our bodies are going to want that, you know, but I realized you can't pray that stuff away. Um, it's, it's all about discipline and we're going to talk about that too. Like, how do we overcome this? But that is something that I deal, I dealt with and am overcoming honestly. Um, but I feel like once we start believing and walking in freedom then that's when we will experience true freedom Um, and so some people may feel like masturbation is just taking care of your body you know like oh you'd want to be one with your body how can you have sex with somebody else if you don't know your body or what have you and yes I think it's important for us to you know know our bodies as far as like okay this is my vagina (laughs) these are my breasts like I I need to know how to take care of it Um, but I think like exploring it in that sense is it's wrong and why because you know if we are supposed to do everything uh, that we do for the glory of the god for the glory of the lord we have to think about am i honoring god with my body if i'm masturbating <laughs> like let's be real if we if we are in that place and we are tempted to start doing that are you thinking about god no it's not (laughs) at all and so it's like am i honoring god with with my body um and um in first Corinthians 6 um verses 12 it talks about sexual morality so i'm actually going to read verses 12 through 18 yeah so it says i have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial and it just reminds me of our society today. I have the right to do anything, but I would not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual morality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about with covenant. And like when you have sex with somebody, you're in covenant with them. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Verse 18. Flee. Say it with me. Flee from sexual (laughs) flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body and i'm going to reverse 19 do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price and it just reminds me of like how you know our world is today the views on, on masturbation i was reading something and like people were like oh, what do you do when you're stressed oh i masturbate all of this stuff but it's like at the end of the day you know some people aren't, aren't believers so they're not going to have that conviction but those who are believers it's like you have to remember my body is not my own at the end of the day you know our bodies are the lord's the holy spirit once you receive christ he, he comes into your hearts and it says, you know, in the Bible, too, that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, Sasha, but I know, like, if I started to masturbate afterwards, I, was, I would start feeling like condemnation. Right. Or like shame. And then I just felt like I grieved the Holy Spirit. Like, it's kind of like I know he's always with me, but it felt like I just I like made him sad, you know, because he he is alive. He lives within me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that that scripture just reminded me, like. It, it really does come back against the, the world's view on masturbation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This Amen. Amen. Thanks for reading those scriptures. And mm-hmm. I just want to run it back really quickly. And mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you are a woman who does struggle with masturbation um, or with lustful thinking and things like that, just know that you're not alone. I think that for us as women or with pornography as well, I think that for us as women, um, this is an area a particular area that does cause us a lot of shame it does cause us a lot of guilt especially because like for the most part it's always seen as a male problem it's seen as like a problem that men have like it's men that deal with pornography it's men that deal with masturbation and so for the woman out for us women who are dealing with these type of things or who are trying to overcome it it can it can just make you feel invincible. It can make you feel like, well, if I'm a woman and I'm dealing with it, what's wrong with me? You know? So I just want to, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. There are a lot of women who are dealing with these things and this is why we are talking about it today and we are being open um, and just as transparent as we, as we possibly can be. But yeah, like
1: mm-hmm. imagine
0: like going through this and just in my walk of overcoming, because I definitely believe that I have already overcome this and the freedom is belongs to me and the victory belongs to me through Christ. But it has brought me a lot of guilt. It has brought me a lot of shame. And definitely, I feel like, you know, what does sin do? Sin causes separation. Um, Every time I did it, like, just like you said, not even just only feeling condemned, but feeling separated from God. And I remember for me, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, I can't pray for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a come back to God, like in two di- three business days or something right. like that. Um, just because of how it caused me to feel ashamed. I felt like I couldn't, how can someone so dirty be in his presence? Like, I just felt like I didn't even deserve to be in his presence. I didn't even want to be in his presence. Um, I know for me, even like I know like this might sound crazy, but like even just taking showers after I would masturbate, I would feel I would still feel dirty. I would still feel as though like there's I don't feel clean, you know, and that already was the enemy. Like because we already know that when we when we surrender, when we give our lives to Christ, the process of justification happens. And what does that mean? It means that we um we are immediately put into right standing with God and he cleanses us and he purifies us and we are no longer seen the God doesn't see us through, through our mistakes, through our past, through our impurities. He now sees us through the blood of Christ. And so it's, it becomes a covering over us. And so first of all, it's really just knowing your identity in Christ and like knowing who I am and knowing you know, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I became pure. I became holy and righteous because Christ, Jesus Christ is all of these things. So it's not a righteousness or holiness that comes from me. It's holiness and righteousness that comes from Christ and everything that he is.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: definitely, I think that culture and the world tells us that it's it's good, right? It brings you self-pleasure. And just like you said, like sex was not meant for self-pleasure, you know, sex is. So whenever we we use sex in, in its, in any form or any way that does not, um, respect or does not value its original design. We we're pretty much committing a sin and masturbation falls under that. And you have to think about it when people masturbate for a lot of us, there's a lot of other sexual immoral, immoral, like actions that accompany that it's the lust. It's the lustful thinking, it's the sexual fantasies, or it's the porn. And these are all things that um, are specifically listed in the Bible that are wrong. You know, Matthew 5, 27, 30 says that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Um, And then it also talks about these are are some of the works of the flesh. Um, Operating in self-pleasure or masturbating for self-pleasure, it's the desire to please your flesh. Galatians 5, 19 talks about the works of the flesh being that of sexual immorality. So that's things like pornography, lust, and all of these things. These are not, these are clearly not fruits of the spirit. So that's Mm -hmm. how, that's another way you can understand and know that masturbation is wrong, you know,
1: but. I agree. I agree. That is definitely, it goes against what, what God truly intended for sex to be. And when you talked about, um, just feeling ashamed and guilty. Um, I think that's like one of the biggest things. And that's why I said too, like I feel like that's what the enemy uses to get us to stop maybe doing what God has called us to do because we start feeling that guilt and shame. And I 100% agree. Like you just feel so dirty like afterwards. And it's like, uh. so I, I don't know, like the Lord um, even led me to the scripture just now. But like, um, I remember one time feeling like that, like dang, like I messed up. Like I just feel like, ugh, like, uh, like even in the presence of God, like you just don't feel worthy, you know. And I just thank God for for Jesus, you know, because he already took away all that sin and that shame and guilt. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. But there's this um this book in the Bible called Zechariah, and there's this story. Um it's Zechariah chapter three. And it's about clean garments for the high priest and it says then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him the Lord said to Satan the Lord rebuke you Satan the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel the angel said to those who were standing before him take off his filthy clothes then he said to Joshua see I have taken Taking away your sin, and I will put fine garments on you. And it just reminds me of how, like, Satan is our accuser. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. So, like, he's constantly accusing us. And just to think, if we slip up, he is right there accusing us, and he puts those things in our minds as well that really do cause us to feel even worse than you know we already feel. But Thank God that he is Jesus is interceding for us. So it's like, even though we may be filthy, yes, we may be dirty because of the sin that we have committed. It's like the Lord will still cleanse us. He will still put new garments on us in a sense. And so I just I think that scripture just highlights like how how the enemy does accuse us and. As soon as we mess up, he is right there to accuse us even more. But it's like, God, but God, you know, he starts rebuking Satan. Mm. And he's like, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, forgive your sin. Don't continue in it. I'm going to forgive your sin and cleanse you. I'm going to put new garments, new clothes on you. And so that what you said just reminded me of that scripture.
0: Yeah, that's a, That's so good. Thanks for reading that, girl. You coming with it, okay? <laughs> Listen,
1: it's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. Like we pray for for power and anointing. Like I think the biggest thing is because I don't know. I don't know why identity keep popping up into my mind, but I feel like the biggest thing is that what we're seeing. Um, is like us walking in that authority that God has already given us like walking in our identity we talk about that all the time like oh I know my identity in Christ and all of that but as soon as you like something breaks for you to like start walking in it I feel like this is the moment you this know is- yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so good yeah ooh my, my mic you okay no, we- <laughs> <laughs> that's the enemy we rebuke- yeah, I rebuke you right now mm-hmm. but no I definitely agree Um, about you know identity because I think a big one big way to overcome this, overcome masturbation is really like knowing your identity
1: um, Mm -hmm. and walking
0: fully in your authority in Christ. But we'll get to that when we talk about like, you know, how to overcome masturbation Mm -hmm. or the things that we are doing actively as well. But I also wanted to talk about just like, you know, another aspect that I, I realized like with masturbation is, I don't know if you can relate to this, but after you do it, it don't even feel, it doesn't even satisfy. It's not worth it it's never worth it. And then you just start feeling like, what now? Why did I waste my time doing that? And now I feel bad. Now I feel mm-hmm. guilty. And I was like, and it didn't even satisfy. So mm-hmm. I think it's just so important to understand that there's something that we're all craving. There's something that we're all like yes looking for. For me, I was starting to realize that because, you know, for a lot of people, loneliness and isolation is a trigger mm-hmm. for masturbation. And for me, that definitely was a trigger for me. And, le- and learning that it was just stemming from the lack of intimacy. Um, and, you know, and I would masturbate just because I wanted to feel in for a moment, feel intimate with someone, like whether it was just even just through my head or, you know, whatever the case might be, but it was real. I feel like the Holy spirit just revealed to me. It's because, you know, it's because you're lacking intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. It's because you're lacking that closeness with God. And that thing that you're looking for the only thing that can really quench and fulfill is your relationship with God. It's not, it's not sex. It's not masturbation. It's not money. It's not a promotion. It's not being a wife. It's not being a mother. Like we try to satisfy this craving on the inside of us with different things. And I feel like God purposely has placed that placed this knowledge in every man and woman of kind of like this knowledge of that there's something missing. You know, and I believe that he places this, places this on the inside of us for us to reconnect with him, knowing it's that, like void. The, yeah, knowing that mm-hmm. that emptiness that we feel um, that thing that we feel like is missing is him. But right. instead, like we look to other things and that's that's the biggest that's the biggest that's the biggest place that, where we go wrong. It's like the woman at the well, like when Jesus meets her at the well. And, and and there's something to be said about the fact that jesus met her there so i want to let you know that jesus is trying to meet you exactly where you're at but jesus met her there and he, and you know talked about this water that you're drawing you're always going to have to come back here to redraw you're always going to have to come back here to redraw but what i give you i give you living water and and water that's going to fulfill you like you'll never have to come back here again and i think it's the same thing like intimacy with God, true intimacy with God, true relationship with God is what we're all desiring on the inside. And once we get that, that's what will really fulfill our souls. And we won't have to look to sex or masturbation or these things to fill it up because it won't ever fill it up. You're always going to have to keep drawing more.
1: Exactly. And I I think it's um because even if we can ask a married person, like someone who is married and, and, and having sex all the time, like I, not that you'll feel empty but at the end of the day like it's still not if, if someone is married cause I remember talking to my spiritual dad about that too like as far as um you know like he would just talk tell us you know about you know him and his wife or what have you not all they business but like they don't do it all the time even married people don't have sex all the time you know so it's like unless you like newly married I'm pretty sure you're not me but um even even married people because why that doesn't it doesn't to feel like your soul, you know, it, at the end of the day is like, yes, it may feel your your physical needs. But at the end of the day, it's like there's still more, which is Jesus. Like you said, like he puts this God sized void in us that only he can truly satisfy because someone who is married may still feel empty in a marriage or it may still feel like, man, I need something else, you know, to feel this need and kind of going back to um, intimacy with God, because that is something that I've. I kind of like just started realizing like, oh, yeah, that's what I need, because when it comes to masturbation, I would never think like, because um, first of all, okay, so when I said I started um, because I was exposed to pornography, thank God that I God delivered me from pornography. I don't honestly even remember when I stopped doing it or watching porn. I just remember I used to pray and ask for God to just deliver me, deliver that taste from my mouth, that desire to even watch it. And it literally like I don't even honestly remember it's been like years since I stopped but um then I started realizing I would start masturbating once I like kind of was ovulating or like almost about to start my period and my hormones are all raging and all that and so I would think like nay, I'm just horny you know I don't want to I'm not out here just having sex you know whatever so I'm just gonna you know do this because like you said before I feel like it's not that bad and that's one thing we do as as Christians. I know, like we compare our sin to others. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not, I'm not um, doing all that. I'm not going out on all these dates, having sex with all these men, or what have you. I'm not jumping from relationship to relationship, just giving my body to people. So why I can just, you know, please myself or what have you? But um, when I realized that even with um, me, you know, ovulation and, and all of that, like my hormones raging. I realized too, that's what i miss. I was missing intimacy with God because I was, first of all, I feel like our thoughts are powerful. And if, you know, we're horny or whatever, your mind can lead to either past relationships, past experiences, what you saw during porn. Like our our brain is like, it takes a snapshot of those things. And so like, as far as, as, especially women, like we're very visual, I mean, not visual, we like, we don't need the vision, like, what is it, like, we don't need to, like, actually see it right now, we can just go back and, um, think about what happened 10 years ago, you know, like, how, how
0: they, I, or how they made our bodies feel, because, you know, as women, yes. we're still in tune with our emotions, and it's mm-hmm. all, it's all emotional, like I said, men are wired differently, so we will right. talk about men in the later season, yes. but,
1: <laughs> part two, yeah, but, two. um, yeah, definitely, so it's like, I don't, I didn't, I don't need that in front of me right now to masturbate, but it's like, at the end of the day, I realized I needed, I need intimacy with a father rather than wanting intimacy with somebody else, you know, because of, oh, this person, I remember we were like this or we whatever. So it's like, it's crazy to, you have to know the root of it. Like what's the issue. And that, I think that's a big one that we have to go back to like do we have that closeness with God do we see God as you know father as our husbands as um in in once again intimacy not in the sexual way but like closeness like a friend like God you can feel every void and every need that I have or that I need you know so I think that's one thing that we have to recognize is like why what is my why what is the issue what is the root maybe you weren't exposed to porn maybe you never watch porn I know some people some friends that never um, when I, I used to tell my, um, friends like, oh yeah, I dealt with masturbation or whatever. They were like, why that's so crazy. Like i never dealt with that, but you know, they would do other stuff. So it's just so crazy how like some people deal with it and some people don't, you know, but it's like, everybody has that thorn. And yeah. That's what I was
0: about to say. Yeah. The root of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Everyone has that thorn. I was just about to say that, you know, um, you know, I feel like for us it, it is, it has been like, you know, sexual Morality through masturbation but even another thing I wanted to bring up really quickly was um you you, you touched on it earlier and I just kind of wanted to agree with that but your sexual desires are not a bad thing because mm-hmm. I think that being a woman and like just like you said going through ovulation and just having all these different hormones and feeling like man like okay lord I'm trying to do right by you I'm trying you know to you know walk in purity but why why is my own it feels feeling like my own body is against me like with all Mm -hmm. these hormones and like at a specific time of the month like me I felt like just the desire the sexual desires was amped (laughs) and you know it's because it's my body's way of telling me like this is your fertile most fertile period and it's and it's my body trying to help me out with trying to make a baby because that's what you know that's one of the purposes of our bodies as women is to you know Create a baby, not create a baby, but to house a baby, and I feel like your body is trying when when it sends out those those hormones or those signals, it's trying to tell you like, hey, this is your fertile period. I'm trying to help you out, sis. But you know, when you're single, right, when you're walking in your singleness, that can that can cause for problems because I was starting to feel like I'm really having to fight against like my physical body it's one thing (laughs) of me having these desires in my head but now my physical body is working against me and it just Mm. felt like this war you know like this war is like wanting to do right it's just like how Paul said it you know what I want to do I don't do but it's the things that I don't want to do that I keep on doing and it's just Mm -hmm. like a fight it just feels like it's a war against like my spirit and you know my spirit that wants to do what you know God has said and my flesh that wants to do what Sasha wants to do
1: Mm hmm. Okay. Listen, that just brought me to this other scripture that I had written down. Look, we come in. We come in with all the scriptures today because that's how we fight. We fight against the sword of the spirit, period. But um, in First Peter two eleven, 11, Peter actually says, like, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. So it's like when you were talking about like you feel like you're in. in and war like with your body, it's really like you're fighting against your soul too. Like, well, you're fighting against those those fleshly desires or whatever against your body. But it's like, once you give into that, it's like war against your soul. And it ties into what, what uh, Paul was talking about too. Like, I don't want to do that. But then, you know, my, my flesh wants to do it, but my spirit is like, you know, combating against that. It's, it's all like against, it's like a war against our soul. So
0: yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, for a while there, like, you know, same here where, you know, I'm I'm constantly praying, like, Lord, take this away from me. Um, And even like, yeah, (laughs) and even praying, like, Lord, like these sexual desires, like, take them away. Like, I just was even telling him, like, I was actually telling God, like, you didn't make me right. Um, Mm. I was even telling him, like, you like, you know, you know that you wanted this for marriage. Why didn't you just have some type of on and off button? Okay, like I was just like, when I'm single, I don't know nothing about it. It's off. And then once I get married. Is on and I just was like Lord like why are you like how you you know how do I honor you and you know honor you during this season of singleness and I really I feel like the Lord really had to tell me like no these sexual desires he gave them to us these are good gifts these are good things Um, so don't pray away your don't try to pray away your sexual desires don't think that they're a bad thing because they're not and I think that sometimes like I don't want to go too deep into purity culture, but that's a topic for another day. Sometimes purity culture can make you think that my sexual desires are bad, you know? Because it. I feel like sometimes in the church, they if they do talk to you about sex is, premarital sex is bad, don't do it. And then that's all you hear about it. And then it's like during marriage, it's supposed to be like, okay, you've been telling me sex is bad all my life. And now all of a sudden, because I'm married, I'm supposed to think that it's good. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that, God has created us as sexual beings and our sexual desires are good things. However, during our season of singleness, how we steward over those sexual desires, how we use them, how we, um, how we use them is, is important, you know, because even in my singleness, my sexual desires, I can still honor the Lord. And so I feel like that kind of, kind of take pushes us into like the talk of like purity and what is purity. Mm
1: -hmm. And is
0: it important for us to be pure? Like you think that God Thinks, is that important to God?
1: Yeah. Before I did have a question based on something that you said, because you said like when we when we pray and ask God to like take those desires away and of course you know we learned that he doesn't necessarily take them away do you feel it's because like we have free will and like he wants us to choose him instead of like what our flesh wants kind of like same thing it's, it's the same thing if we say like man god you created the world you could have just make everybody you know saved and know you or whatever and we will be like robots but instead like he gives us all free will and he you know wants us to choose him do you feel like that's the same thing with when it comes to those sexual desires
0: you know I've never thought about it that way but yeah I think that it, it could be like um but I also just feel like you know he created us as sexual beings and he created the sexual desire so it's like us praying I don't know it's like us praying away like Lord I, I don't know like I don't want to have any more feelings even though because you know maybe you've been having bad feelings or you've been mm-hmm. sad and it's like God take just take away my feelings but no like feelings are a good thing like with feelings you can have, you can experience joy, you can experience happiness, laughter and all these things. So I kind of think it's the same thing, like these sexual desires, they're gifts and everything that God has created, he said that it is good. But it's us when we come to this world that, you know, distort it. and now sexual, sexual desires are on one end, you have culture's definition. And then sometimes you have the church, church's definition that doesn't really define it biblically, you know, they just tell you that, don't have sex and sex is bad, you know, And for a long time, I thought sex was bad. So um, yeah, I feel, I feel like, yeah. And like, I just believe that I'm learning that no sex is actually a great thing. It's a form of worship to God. And our sexual desires are great too, because they're gifts given to given to us from God. However, during our, our periods of singleness, we still have to honor the Lord and, you know, use our sexual desires for good instead of like Instead of, like, you know, um, surrendering to our flesh.
1: Mm, gotcha. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, going back to what you said about purity. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I think purity is definitely important. So, once again, we like to look at the definitions. Um, but Google says purity is freedom from adulteration or contamination. Adulteration. Mm. And then, <laughs> is, that, is that how you say it? And then freedom from immorality, especially of sexual nature and um, I did you ever have a purity ring? Because, listen, I had two.
0: I did for a little bit. Like, I think I wore it for like a week. And listen,
1: I loved wearing my purity ring. It was actually something that's very, very special to me. But, yeah. Actually, why? Why did you like wearing a purity ring? Well, first, I've always wanted one just growing up. Because, like you said, like, I had this mentality, like, oh, sex is bad. You know, and save sex until marriage. So I valued, you know my virginity, I value, like, not abstaining from sex, you know, until marriage or what have you. Like, I, I really kind of valued it so much that it became my identity. Mm-hmm. And so if I screwed up or if I did something, then I felt like, dang, like, God sees me differently, you know? But um, the purity ring was so important to me, too, because it's, like, so my mom my mom gave it to me for Christmas. And I don't know, I just felt like, in a sense, and I know at, at, at the end of the day, a ring is just a symbol of something just like um, if you're married, like you wear the ring to show that you, you are in covenant with somebody. And just so for me at that time, it felt like me wearing my purity ring is like me making that commitment to God. Like, okay, I'm going to save myself for marriage. Like I'm, I'm in covenant with you in that way. So that's why it was important.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, mm-hmm. I remember getting one and um, <laughs> I, I think I just didn't value it as, as much as you did Yeah, and I didn't put as much, I guess I just didn't there was not a lot of significance of it to me. And I think that's probably why I was like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna wear this no more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. A lot of people probably are like that. Yeah. But going back to purity, um, yeah, I agree with that definition. Like I think it's, you know, freedom from anything that contaminates. I think it's like a it's it's a state of like holiness and
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of like just being faultless and blameless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe that, you know, I talked about it earlier, but when we give our life to Christ and receive the gift of salvation, we don't only become new creatures, but our spirits are, are, you know, become in right standing with God. However, like the Lord does not expect us to just, remain there. Yes, like he asked us to come as we are, but he wants to transform us through the renewing of our mind, and eventually through our behavior and our character to look more like Christ. So for me, purity is also it's a process. It's a gradual process. It's the time that it takes um, for us to really surrender to the Lord to be conformed into the image of Christ.
1: Amen. No, definitely. Um, and the Bible says, you know, make me holy as you are holy, Lord. Um, I just want to talk about, too, because I hear it all the time, purity culture, purity culture. But maybe it is like what I'm thinking. But can you explain to me because I really like don't know. Is purity culture just like, oh, sex is bad and, you know, don't have sex until marriage? Is that what purity culture is?
0: No, I think that, um. I feel like that's, okay, yeah. I think that purity culture does get a negative, like it, it just gets a negative connotation to it because for the most part, like that is a lot of the preaching. Like, a lot of preaching is sex is bad. And it's especially, and I'm going to talk about it like specifically from for women, because I don't know, like, I don't know as far as purity culture goes, I don't know like the teachings that they tell men, but I know for women, it's just like sex is bad you know, as far as premarital sex goes and the idea of remaining clean for your husband, it's not even the idea of like me wanting to abstain from premarital sex to honor God, to honor, you know, what he has created sex to be. Uh, But it's for like me to be clean for uh, my husband. And a lot of the sometimes a lot of things that they, they tell these girls, these young girls is that, you know, husband doesn't want want to use the car or something like that sometimes Mm -hmm. they equate it to that Mm -hmm. so i think that that's why purity culture does get such a negative like rep and it's sad because ultimately like i do believe in purity and i do believe that the lord is calling us to be pure he's calling us to be like christ and while i like i said i don't necessarily believe that we can totally just be sinless because you know we are we are going to fall even as believers we're going to fall from time to time um, because we live in a fallen world but i be- i believe that there's going to be a time you know when we are reunited with christ that you know where there's where we're going to be completely complete or completely perfect in his presence but yeah i think that that type of teaching to young girls that you know if you have sex before marriage that you're you're used
1: up you're dirty and it's a double standard first yeah, of
0: all <laughs> no man will want you or you're used right. up is is so false because the Lord doesn't see us like that. You know, we just talked, I talked about it earlier. Like I used to feel so dirty when I would masturbate and it was me thinking these things about myself because God didn't see me as dirty. Like God was still seeing exactly. me the eyes of his son and like you're, you're holy, you're pure, you're perfect. And that's why it really goes back to identity and you really knowing who you are, because how you think about yourself in, in your mind, like the Bible says, as so a man thinking in his heart, so is he, that's what you'll begin to, that will become your, um, your behavior. And before you know it, your behavior becomes habits, your habits become your character and your character will eventually become your lifestyle. So if you're constantly if you're constantly thinking that I'm impure, I'm not clean, that's how you're going to walk a life of impurity. But when you understand like who God has created you to be and knowing that, okay, because God, because Jesus Christ is righteous, because he is pure, because he is holy and now because we are made one i am these things too and it helps you to change your behavior modify your behavior through just renewing your mind so it really it it all goes back to knowing your identity um and just changing your mindset
1: mhm yes so since you're talking about that let's kind of talk about how someone who may feel like um they they want to get out and they want to stop masturbating or they want to you know be free from pornography or what have you how can they overcome? And so I love that you kept saying renew your mind. Like that's something that I'm constantly like reminding myself and doing. And I learned renewing your mind is not a daily thing. I mean, sorry, it's not only a daily thing. It's a, like an every second thing. And it definitely is something that's not going to happen overnight. You have to constantly do it. Um, but yeah, I think definitely one one way to overcome masturbation one way to overcome pornography is definitely renewing your mind because what i've learned is that if my thoughts are wild first of all i realize i can do certain things that other people do okay some people can watch insecure some people can watch you know wherever-
0: i think that's the new show that's out right now yeah euphoria and
1: even what's the other one where like 50 cent produces it power Yes. See, some people. I think I watched like one episode of of Insecure. I mean, the sex things were like. Oh my gosh, like oh the roungy, like is like it, like, it felt it looked like the real thing. And then even power, like it's like some people can watch that stuff and not feel any type of way, but somebody like who me who, you know, experience watching pornography and then watched uh and and um masturbation and all that, like that's something that I realize about myself that I have to guard myself and I can't watch certain things. And so that's another thing. You have to be careful what you watch, what you listen to. Listen, if I am especially if I'm in the time around my cycle coming and I'm listening to um H-Town knocking the boots I mean I don't listen to that anymore but like whatever it may be knocking the boots <laughs> <listening> to, listen <laughs> that used to be my song and I was so young that's a shame but anyways for um, my
0: goodies by Sierra I used to be. I used to yeah, see that, that song.
1: song see, that song didn't seem bad to me. No, But
0: yeah, it did not seem bad at the time because you know I'm. I'm just dancing like to the beat because it's such a catchy right. song. Like when you like listen to the lyrics, I'm like, huh? What are yes, what yes. are these?
1: Good nasty, honey. <laughs> but she married now, so it's okay. Yeah, she's but- nasty. <laughs> but um, yeah, so definitely you I can't listen to certain things like I have to make sure I guard myself and it sucks I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes I want to listen to some R&B and sometimes I may do listen to some love songs But I have to kind of also Renew my mind and make sure my mind is not going left and it's so easy to do that and the Bible talks about You know renewing your mind and in Romans 12 too, um, like about not um, conforming to the pattern patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Second Corinthians ten four uh, and five, it, uh, Paul talks about taking captive of every thought and making it obedient to Christ. And in First Corinthians two sixteen, talking about us having the mind of Christ. And so, if I if I want the mind of Christ, then I have to make sure that I'm also guarding what I take in. And um, I said this before, like you come, um, something my, my pastor says, he says, you come out of something head first, you come out of a season head first. So if I am still thinking about whatever it may be and I'm trying to get out, I have to first train my mind to, you know, come out of that place. You know, like I have to make sure that I have the thoughts of victory, have the thoughts of freedom. Cause if not, you're gonna stay stagnant in that same position. So what are some things that you know you have put into practice to make sure that you abstain from certain desires and walking towards, you know, freedom?
0: Yeah. Okay, let me just backtrack cuz I just looked up the lyrics to My Goodies and I was oh. like all- <laughs> I was wrong. She was actually saying that like, not my goodies, like you think you can have them, but you can't sell like my best here.
1: And oh, you think <laughs> oh, and she says, I'm just a young girl. Wait, oh, no. oh, I don't know.
0: I was well, said like, I don't think it was like how I was thinking. But yes, I think that all the, all the things you mentioned are very great examples or things to do to overcome masturbation. Like, you know, taking captive of your thoughts, like, what are you thinking about because I know like those lustful thoughts, sometimes like you, you can, you might not even have the desire to masturbate, but once like the thought comes around right. and you give into the thought, you, you like, you put more fuel to the fire exactly. you keep thinking about it instead of like rebuking it or instead of like immediately, like, you know, taking captive over it, mm-hmm. obviously you're, it's going to lead you to masturbate. You so find yourself
1: there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So your thoughts are so important and, um, you have the first recognize that it's a sin because like i said for for a while there for me i didn't realize or rather maybe i did but i tried to dwindle it or i tried to say like it's not that bad you know so the first thing is you you have to really recognize that it's a sin and repent to repent mm. to turn away or to go in another on,
1: friend <laughs> sorry i got excited because I, I was gonna say that too. Settle down. Settle
0: down. <laughs> But yeah, so you have to repent and that means to turn away or to go another direction. So it's important for us to call it what it is and to confess our sins to the Lord and actually repent and, you know, and seek to go a different direction. And then I think it's super important to confess your sins to other people you can trust and confide in Um, and who can hold you accountable. The Bible Mm. talks about like how when we confess our sins to others that, you know, forgot what it said, but you know, yes. to others you like will it. be healed. Yeah. And they get yeah. to pray for you. Like the, the prayers of a righteous person are, are effective. And right. so it's so important for us to open up our mouth and, and talk about it. Cause like I said, this topic right here, masturbation, lust, pornography, it can really hold people, you know, it can keep you in a place of isolation. You know, you don't want right. to talk about it. Cause for me, I never believed that I could come on a podcast and talk to people that I don't I may or may not even know about a struggle of mine that I'm walking through especially like a struggle that I'm walking through even being a Christian and so I definitely believe that this was something that I was going to go to the grave with I was like uh, uh-uh, nobody's going to know about this okay not even my husband I was like you know you don't even got to know about this either but you know we overcome by the word of our testimony so we have to open up our mouths and talk about it and once we do it loses the power it loses power over us like I no longer feel I no longer feel shame or guilt like talking about it anymore because I just did it, you know, and I have done it. And um, for me, one of my first accountability partners was Jonique and, you know, and also getting to talk about it and being able to pray with one another um, and just being able to say, hey, like I slipped up again today. Keep me in your prayers. Pray for me, like pray for my mind. It's so important. It's so important to to gather and agree with one another in prayer, because this this lust, we have to recognize it's also a spirit, the spirit of lust, like we have to pray against it, we have to rebuke it. And so it's, it's it's so important. Um, I think another thing is what we've kind of just been saying (laughs) over and over again throughout this episode is understand your identity, know who you are, know who you belong to, and understand the authority that has been given to you through Christ. I feel like that has been a game changer for me just knowing that I have authority, like I have authority, um, over this spirit, like, you know, when I feel, when I see the thoughts creeping in, because sadly, these thoughts are going to come. Like, I can't just, like you said, like we talked about earlier, like, because we live in a fallen world, like we're going to have these thoughts. Sometimes I can turn on the TV and not, tr- I'm not trying to watch a a sex-filled movie but because our world is so driven by sex these days like that that happens or maybe you turn on the radio and and the song because music is another thing that can get people like you turn on the radio and the the exact song that is playing is some type of like Meg The Stallion song I love I like Meg The Stallion don't get me wrong but like a lot of her songs I can't listen to her music. Uh-uh. I
1: cannot
0: listen to her music. It's too like full yeah, raunchy. Yeah, it's raunchy. A lot of the lyrics have me thinking about things it's I should work be thinking about. So yeah, so yeah. definitely. Um, where was I going with this? Knowing your authority, knowing your authority through Christ, and knowing that you can open up your mouth. The Bible mm-hmm. talks about death and life are in the power of a, of the tongue. So you need to open up your mouth. You need to understand your authority. We, we not just overcome by the word of our testimony, but the way that we, we open up our mouth to combat less is we have to use the sword and the sword is the word of God. So we have to come, we have to combat it with the word of God by opening up our mouth and knowing who you are and knowing that you have the authority to do that. You have the authority to do that through Christ. Um, so it, that's just so important. And knowing your triggers, like you said, like for some people it's stress, for some people it's loneliness, isolation, Um, music, whatever the case might be for you, just know your triggers and try to stay away from those things. If you know, like, hey, whenever I watch certain movies, like Joe said, I start feeling some type of way. It makes me want to do the do. Don't watch those type of movies then. Put a a block on your phone, whatever you have to do, like do these things like don't listen to certain type of music you know if it's stress find other like healthy ways to cope with your stress Try to you know, working out cooking take whatever whatever okay. you feel like okay can help you just try to do those things to avoid your triggers
1: so amen no one thousand percent I think the biggest thing is like you said first um turning away from the sin and that scripture because you girl that's why i got excited because you said that and i was thinking about that same scripture about you know what the bible talks about um confessing your sins to each other and he also says in First uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's like, it's the two things, like we confess our sins to Jesus because he cleanses us. But when we f- confess it to one another, that causes us to feel healed because it takes away that shame and that guilt. So I think that is like one of the, the first three things in accountability. Definitely, I would say it's something in. I mean, we're gonna have a part two to this because it's gonna be too good because we also have a special guest. But I think accountability is is so important. But not just to say, oh, I have an accountability partner. You gotta put that thing into work because so there were some times, Sasha, when you know, as far as my accountability partner, I didn't hit you up whenever um I think our word was like banana or something, right? I didn't hit you oh, up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was our snake word. Why
1: you tell people that? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I'm just being real. Like sometimes yeah. you're not gonna hit up that person. Just like if if you know you're a woman or if you're a man and your homeboy or homegirl, like you you they keep you accountable from not going over old dude house or whatever. Sometimes you are gonna be like, okay, I'll, I'll message her tomorrow and I or it, whatever. So it's like at the end of the day, you have to be strategic. You know, you have to really want it. You know, and and not be. Afraid to say, OK, God, I present my body to you. No, you know, my body is yours Lord, because he did create our bodies. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. But it's like once you really want it, sometimes I feel like we're afraid to say that, like we're afraid to be like, OK, Lord, I, I surrender my body to you, you know, whatever. But it's like that's what you really have to do if you really want to be free from it. And amongst other things, like we said, like guarding your heart, renewing your mind, all of that, like you really have to desire and see yourself out and walk in that authority because jesus already did the work he already you know he he died and and he's raised again he already uh cleansed you from that sin he already took upon that punishment so he already did it it's just like we have to walk into that freedom and authority and it's kind of like in a sense once we keep doing the same thing is low key is like a cycle like once we keep doing the same thing and, and the enemy sees that too to me it's like you're I read it somewhere too it's like I think in the bible like you're it's like you're crucifying God Jesus again because you keep doing the same sin and it's like he already took care of that so it's like up to us to walk into that freedom
0: yeah I love that it's like I feel like for me it's I always feel like I'm misusing the grace that has been given to me like yes God already like Jesus already did the work on the cross like i I really don't even have to do anything. All I have to do is really catch up to what God has already done. Right. And so like when we keep on, you know, allowing habitual sin to rule over our lives, like it, it's, it's a way of taking God's grace for granted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And which is really sad that we do that. And I, I understand, cause like I said, I, I'm walking this walk too. And yeah. so it, it's, it's important. We have to take this serious. We have to take this serious because, um, we have to remember like Ephesians 6 12 says like for this struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities um, cosmic powers over this present darkness like you have to understand like this is not just it's not it's not again it's not just a a war against your flesh like we are really battling spiritual forces things that we cannot see and so we have to we have to be active in this war we can't be complacent we can't we can't say like, you know what, this is always going to be my situation. So I'm not even going to do anything no more. I'm not even going to try anymore. No, we have to be active in this war. We have to open up our mouth. We have to pray. We have to do these things and keep on doing them. And it's the whole, and I'm most importantly rely on the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to even do these things. We don't do this on our own strength. We don't do this in our own power. The The Bible says that where we are weak, that is where he's made strong. So it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to do this. But we have to first recognize that this is wrong. I'm ready to turn away like what, you know, Holy Spirit help me, you know, and he will. And just like you said, the freedom, the victory is already ours. But we have to take we have to take this battle seriously.
1: Amen. Listen, I'm ready for part two. Part two is going to be great because we get to see this from a, a male's perspective as well. And we talked about like how women deal with this, but just even thinking about men, you know, like, I listen, we always hear about men do, dealing with it, but I feel like we get to honestly hear from a male's perspective. So I'm excited for part two. Yes, I
0: am excited for part two. So stay tuned, stay tuned. You guys are not going to want to miss that in the next episode.
1: Yes. But before we go, we do want to pray in agreement with whoever is praying for freedom and just deliverance. Um, I think that's important for us to pray. We pray about, you know, certain things, but the power is like Sasha said, um, about in the Bible, like the power of life and death, death, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And, you know, once we pray for a, a Uh, The authority of deliverance I think that chains will start falling So we just want to pray With everyone who is listening And uh, just send an agreement So Heavenly Father, Lord We just thank you, God, for your spirit We thank you for your power We thank you, Lord, for your presence, God And what you're doing here on this earth And what you're doing on this podcast, Lord Father, we just pray, Lord For everyone who is listening um, Even um, In the future, God, whoever may listen, Lord, I ask that God, if someone is dealing with masturbation, pornography, um, any um, sexual immorality, Lord God, Father, I just pray for freedom and deliverance, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that Lord, you would Break every chain, Lord, off of their Mind, Lord. I pray that their Thoughts, Lord, will be clean, Lord. I pray, God That their hearts will be clean, Lord I pray, Heavenly Father, that they will walk In the freedom and the deliverance that you Have already given them, Lord I pray, Heavenly Father, against shame And guilt and condemnation For there is no condemnation for those of us Who are in Christ Jesus. I pray Heavenly Father, God, that, Lord You would just remind your children, that you remind Your sons and daughters that they are loved That they are valued. Remind them of their identity holy spirit i pray heavenly father that you will walk with them lord i pray god that you would uh, surround them with the right people to help and keep them accountable lord god i pray for someone who is uh, um, allowing themselves to be isolated god that you would just bring out what is um in darkness lord and let it be brought into light god may they walk in that freedom lord i just pray for victory lord over your people jesus god i declare in the name of jesus that um the enemy <laughs> those weapons that he is trying to form against us, that they would not prosper, Lord, that we are victorious in Christ Jesus. As your word says, we are royal priests, um, a holy nation, God's special possess- possession. So we are yours, Lord. And so I just ask that, Father, you would touch every person, Lord God, on this call. I pray that, Lord, we will walk and become all, all you have called us to be, Lord, and that we um, will experience true freedom. When we declare in the name of Jesus, our affirmation for today is that we are free. I am free in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Yes. Remember that you are free. We are free and
0: we are already walking in victory. We have already overcome. And so, yes, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We hope you were, you all were blessed. Um, and we hope that this conversation today encourages you to be vulnerable, to, for you to open up um, and to find someone that you trust or confide in if you are dealing with these issues to to talk about to you know and have that conversation um but yes thank you guys so much we hope we hope to hang out with you guys on the next episode bye bye, bye.